What's up, fam? This is Michael, and you're listening to another riveting episode of True the Podcast Presents Blockbuster, where I recap some of my favorite movies and TV shows and give my honest and candid review. Warning, motherfucker. I'm loud and I cuss a lot. So if you're in a public space, turn that shit down. And if you're ever offended by anything I ever say, ever. Well, that's just too motherfucking bad. Because this is my show and not yours. Now let's do this. Yo, 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 yo. Hope you guys enjoyed that theme music there produced by my good friend and I, uh, Kyle Larkin, um, who's produced some of my music. Um, You can hear some of his production um, in my newest single, Youngblood, now available on Spotify, (laughs) SoundCloud, and Apple Music. Shameless plug. You guys, I'm super excited that you chose to take some time out of your day to listen to my podcast. First and foremost, I want to thank you guys for coming. Um, To be honest with you, it's taken me a long, 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 long time to actually um, get my ass up and actually turn on this mic and record because I'm the self-doubt is jumping out, but Something told me, something deep down in my soul (laughs) told me to turn on that mic and get on here and talk to you guys about some movies and TV. Um, And I'm really glad that I did. Um, So let's go ahead, jump right into it. This episode is titled, You Get What You Deserve for a Very Good Reason. Today we're going to be talking about Joker, directed by Todd Phillips. I'm super excited, you guys. I went to go see it the day it came out, which I believe is on the 4th of October. Um, And I want to first start by saying this movie was amazing. Now, I went in hearing some of the negative reviews about it, saying that maybe it would incite some type of violence, um, which... After a few drafts of this podcast, I'm finally understanding why that argue was argument was even made in the first place. The bullshit. But I understand it. Um, if any of you recall, um, back in 2012, um, the shooting at the Aurora Century 16 movie theater um, was at a Batman movie. So... I can see where folks are coming from with on that front. Um, I can see where people are coming from. Um, but we're going to talk about a little bit, a, a lot of things in depth and where I think certain things come from and, and all that. Um, we're going to start. Usually I would do like a full recap and things like that. I'll kind of save those for the TV shows because they, tend to make the episodes a little bit longer, as I've noticed with a couple of drafts with this particular podcast. Um, I kind of drone on and on and on and on about this, the details and everything like that. And sometimes that's not really necessary, and nor does it make you really want to go see the movie. You know what I'm saying? I'm leaving nothing to the imagination. When really, ultimately, the point is for you to go see the movie. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'll save you... I'll save you... Uh, the, the, the bloody details, my friends. Um, and we're just going to get into talking about some, some great talking points 
um, that I was kind of able to map out here. Um, first thing I want to talk about when it pertains to Joker, directed by Todd Phillips. Um, I want to say that Joaquin Phoenix is a bona fide movie star. Um, for those of you bitches who thought she was just going to get on the bandwagon and are just now saying um, that Joaquin Phoenix is legend in these motherfucking streets, I want you to know that I've always been on the Joaquin train. I live for the Phoenix family. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is brother, sibling, if you will, um, to River Phoenix, who you can find in Stand By Me. God rest his soul. Um, honestly, the actors are jumping out of the Phoenix family. God damn it. If that is their real last name. If it is, that is a legendary last name built for movie stars. You know what I'm saying? Joaquin Phoenix? That sounds like somebody that's finna be in a movie. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like parents already get it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I already know what's going on here. I already know what's gonna... I already know the meal ticket. So we're gonna go ahead and make sure um, the restaurant matches. The restaurant name matches the meal ticket. Um, but I love, love, love Joaquin Phoenix. The, my favorite thing that I've seen him in is her. Um, that was... That's actually still to this day one of my favorite movies. Um, yeah. There's something so... He... Joaquin is very understated, um, but intense and powerful all at the same time. And everything I've really seen him... And I've also seen him in Inherent Vice. Um, just really good stuff. I love, love, love you, Joaquin. If you're ever going to listen to this, if you ever stumble upon this, if someone takes a clip out, make sure y'all take this shit out right here. Joaquin, I'm wanting you to be my baby daddy. Um, yes. Say yes. <laughs> All right, y'all. So Joaquin plays the character Arthur Fleck in this version of the Joker, if you will. Arthur Fleck is a uh, younger man, not too young, um, maybe middle-aged. Um, he lives with his mom in Gotham City, takes care of her because she's also, um, she's, she's mentally ill, as is he. Um, the movie starts off and we see that he kind of gets treated like shit top to bottom, everywhere he goes. He can't escape it. By the kids in the streets, wanting to run around with a goddamn sign, want to um, surface all types of goonies. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's he's bullied by folks at work. You know what I mean? Um, he goes to these therapists who don't give a shit about him and don't care about his story, which we'll get on a, a little bit later. Um, this man has a rough go. Bitch, it's a, it's a hard knock life, like Annie. You know what I'm saying? So um, we are introduced to him putting on his clown makeup, which I thought was really fitting for the movie to start off with him putting on the clown face because ultimately that's where we're going in the movie, which I thought was super, super duper um, insightful of the director and the cinematographer, um, even the writers. Um, who actually is Todd Phillips. Um, also, sorry, y'all. Um, also written, uh, it's also co-written, excuse me, um, by Scott Silver. Sorry, I wanted to make sure I said his name. Say his name, you know what I'm saying? Um, and give credit where credit is due. They did a really good job with the script. They did a really, really good job in really painting out this character for us. Um, back to Joaquin as Arthur Fleck. The way that Joaquin, well, first and foremost, he done lost about 50, 100 pounds um, because Joaquin is, um, he's, he's thickums. You know what I'm saying? He's our thickums. Um, but my guy was out here looking like me. Serving you skin and bones, serving you lovely bones. You know what I mean? Um, he got very, very thin. Um, and like the bones in his face, you could just see everything. And it, he just looks really, really frail. Oh my God, his hair is super long. Um, 
I mean, it's just, you know from jump that this man is getting ready to turn. It's about to turn for the worst. You know what I'm saying? He looks very unhealthy. And, um, yeah, I mean, but really what I want to talk about is the way that Joaquin, his physical prowess, he's able to be kind of like jittery and uncomfortable looking. But there's these moments in the film where he goes and breaks off into these graceful dance numbers. Um, not all out numbers, y'all, but like after, excuse me, um, if I didn't tell you before, spoiler motherfucking alert. If you have not seen the movie, you may want to stop this shit right about now because we're about to get into uh, major spoilers. Um, so y'all, as if you've seen the movie or you maybe don't care to see the movie and just want to listen to this podcast, all the same. He, we start turning for the worst when he gets home from a gig, right? He, or he's going home from a gig or whatever have you, I believe. I'm trying to remember correctly. I went to go see this the day it came out. And today, right now, it's the 16th of October. So um, it's been a few days. Um, but he is coming home from work. And we have these fellas on the train and they're throwing food at this woman, like, you know, serving me, serving me all types of problematic white man who works in corporate America. Like, you know what I mean? Very much. So that trope, um, they're giving me trash. They're giving me, uh, um, you know, two day old hot dog water. You know what I'm saying? Um, serving me, uh, uh, mayo, you know what I'm saying? Serving me cool ranch Doritos. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that because Cool Ranch Doritos are actually really good. Um, <laughs> um, but they're kind of pestering and and bothering this woman. And Arthur, the okay, <sighs> Joaquin and this laugh, baby, it is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable to listen to. It's cringy. Um, and it looks like it motherfucking hurts. It looks like it hurts. And I'm sure it did. I, because when he's when every time he would laugh, y'all, I swear, I swear it was serving me all types of <gasps> like out of breath. Can you keep up, Destiny's Child? Like it's giving me very much so that. Honestly, it was hard to hear. Um, oh, it was cringy. It was cringy. It was cringy. It was cringy. But super, super powerful because in the movie, it's a condition. It's a part of his condition, and he has like a, a card that he would pass out to people because. He laughs when he's nervous. So he's watching the scene take place on the subway train. And these men are bothering this woman. And he starts laughing. They come up to him. And they said, what are you laughing about? And he's trying to say that he's not laughing about anything. But now they're like really coming at him. You know what I mean? He can't stop laughing because he's uncomfortable. And it's this uncomfortable laugh. And that scene was so very effective. Because the way... Uh, the way that Joaquin, I I saw him laughing, but I felt the pain in him laughing, and I also felt him being nervous all at once. Like it was really crazy. But to more to my point, um, earlier on in the film, he is you know beat up by those kids in the streets, and one of his colleagues gives him a gun, and. He has this gun and he's been carrying this gun around with him, hasn't used it or anything like that. Um, and when these men get to physically assaulting him on this subway train, he gets out this gun and shoots one of them point blank. Honestly, the fucking aim was marvelous. Absolutely fucking marvelous. Um, I mean, it was just spot on. Um, got him. And homeboy had gotten shot, but it wasn't a straight on sh shot. So he was, you know, running away. You, the way it shot, because you see the subway train and Arthur gets off the train and you can see him through the windows as if we were still sitting on the train. And he's going after this man with this gun. Because at this point, it's like, now you need to die because now you're witness to the crime that I just committed. And he shoots him down on the platform, dressed as a clown. Oh, but 
the what I wanted to talk about, <coughs> excuse me, what I wanted to talk about was how after he goes running, he's running, he's running, he's running, and he's in this bathroom, and he's fucking nervous, you know what I'm saying? And he doesn't know what to do, and he starts dancing. Oh, some of the most beautiful dancing I've ever seen in my motherfucking life, bitch. Like, serving me Alvin Ailey. Serving me all types of the um the London Ballet. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's giving me, it was giving me everything. But it, it speaks to Joaquin the way he was kind of able to hold the duality in this character, which is Arthur Fleck. Someone who is weak and powerful all at the same time. Clumsy, yet graceful. This movie for me was really all about duality. And Joaquin did such a fucking great job portraying that. Through the deliverance of his lines, through the way he moved, the way the way he just overall carried the character. It was beautiful. It was a sight to behold. Now, bitch, I'm not going to play with you. Um, Academy, I hope you're fucking listening. Because when I tell you this man needs an Oscar, that's just on motherfucking period. I'm not playing with y'all. Because I know y'all like to play hood games. But this time around, don't play with me. Because I've seen what y'all try to do with Moonlight, my favorite movie. Y'all tried to serve it to La La Land. I seen what y'all did. We're not going to be playing those hood games. Joaquin Phoenix is going to be walking away with best actor, with best lead actor. I'm not playing with you if it's the last thing I do, okay? Y'all can catch me on the goddamn board. I'm making sure it takes place because he, really he was really that good. And for those of you who have seen it, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. He did a really good job. Um, but off my baby daddy. I want to talk about the supporting characters in this movie. We got a couple of people. Um, I'm only going to talk about my standouts, which is going to be um, Francis Conroy, Robert De Niro, and Zazie Beetz. There was a couple of other good ones in there. I'm not going to lie to you. Um First and foremost, Miss Frances Conroy, my my love, my Aunt Myrtle. Um, every role she does, she puts her whole ass heart in it. She puts her fucking foot in it. You know what I'm saying? That's Auntie Myrtle. That's Auntie Myrtle right there. That's the things that she do. She do, she do all types of gang shit. I live for every role that she plays. And especially in this one, she was really able to, uh, so complimentary to Joaquin's Arthur Fleck. Miss Penny Fleck was serving me mental illness. She was serving me delusional. Now, y'all, Penny Fleck was writing letters to Thomas Wayne. And when she said Thomas Wayne, I said, oh, they're bringing in the Batman universe. I didn't think y'all was going to bring up Batman. But here we are talking about Thomas Wayne, the father of Bruce Wayne. Which, which I thought was really, really effective. Um, but the way she was able, I mean, y'all, she really, really, really did think and that and it kind of tipped me off to kind of the in the innate drama that was actually stirring without me knowing it. I said, why is homegirl writing letters to somebody that she worked for 30 years ago? Bitch, that's like me. Y'all, I used to work at Applebee's. That's like me um writing a letter to my boss talking about, bitch, my rent is due. And bitch, what do you want me to do about it? You don't even fucking work here no more. That's kind of what I was getting, but I was like, mm, something else is going on underneath the surface. Something else is going. There ain't gonna. She ain't gonna just be asking just anybody, one of her bosses, for some goddamn money. Something is up. And when I tell y'all the jig was up, we'll talk about that shit later. You know what I'm saying? But um, moving on to Miss Zazzy Beats, I live for her. Um, she had a really small role. Um, I really wish they used her more in this movie. I'm not gonna lie, but. Um, I can see how that, you know, it was it was the Joaquin show, which I can respect. Um, you know, my baby daddy got to pay um, child support anyway. So, you know what I'm saying? He got to get all the coins, um, the cochadas. He got to get all the cochadas. You know what I'm saying? He got to get all of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just playing. I'm, I'm literally just joking. Or am I? 
<laughs> but um, Zazzy Beats, I really believed, like, at first, because I was looking, I'm just thinking about the way they wrote it in the script. I'm like, this bitch might be low-key crazy just like he is, but I'm like, okay, well, you know, she just seems perfect for him type shit. You know what I'm saying? I believed it. I believed it. What a good match with Joaquin. I wouldn't have thought of it at first, but wow, what a good matchup uh, of them two together. It really was really, really good. Yeah, I love that shit. That was good. I love Zazzy Beats. Um, also, you can catch her in Atlanta um, by Mr. Donald Glover on the show on, um, I think it's on FX. Um, y'all can best believe I will be reviewing that show when it comes back out. Hopefully it does, but Zazzy does a good job in there. I just can't wait to see what her where her career goes, to be honest with you, because she's shaping up to be, she's shaping up to be a good little actress. I'm loving her. I'm loving it. Dot com. Um, then we get into Robert De Niro, who plays Murray, who is um the the host to Live with Murray which is the show that Arthur and Penny love to watch. They love watching Murray. And early in the movie, he even imagines himself in the show and him being hugged by Murray and saying, oh, I wish I had a son like you. Oh, it broke my heart to see what orig- what actually ended up transpiring with that whole connection. But um, he does a really good job. You know, with Robert De Niro, he's an icon. Um, so he really could have phoned it in, but I'm glad he fucking didn't because he did a really good job. He was a really believable, like, he was really believable. He was cute. Like, you know what I'm saying? Very like, like, you know what I mean? Very, he was serving me Emerald live. If y'all ever watched the food channel, he was giving me Emerald, you know, the way he interacts with the crowd and things like that. I loved it. 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 Robert De Niro. I love you too. Um, honestly, everybody in this film, even the people I didn't mention, Really did a great job because it was an ensemble working together to create this piece, which I motherfucking loved. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, So I want to talk about some of the standout moments that I had with this film. And I got some pieces of the script. Don't ask me how I got it. Okay, because the feds are going to be after me, just like how they was running after uh, Arthur down them steps at the end of the movie. They're going to be running after my black ass. So don't ask me where I got this goddamn uh, this, this, this script. Um, so basically, y'all, I got three favorite moments. I got three favorite moments. Um, my first one happens with one of the therapists who really... She was getting on my motherfucking nerves because every time we went, it was just like, can we get somebody else? Is Can we get somebody else? I know it's covered under my goddamn health insurance. Somebody else needs to get up in here. I'm tired of this bitch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, every time I come up in here, she asks me the same motherfucking question. Same, same old, same old. This bitch ain't listening. And that was actually one of my favorite moments. Um, Arthur actually says, he says, you don't listen, do you? I don't think you ever really listened to me. You ask me the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having negative thoughts? All I have is negative thoughts. But you don't listen. Anyway, I said my whole life, I didn't know I really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice. Sis. Let me go ahead and reread that really quick. He said, for my whole life, I didn't know I, if I really even existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice. Y'all, this moment was really effective for me because this is kind of a turning point and really where we start seeing the Joker jump out. And so fucking relatable. Because... It's always, and we're going to start, we're going to, don't worry, we're going to be getting into the social commentary of this movie, but it really goes to show that people don't start noticing shit until you start acting up, act up, you can get snatched up, city girls. People don't start, people don't start realizing, you know what I'm saying? So that was really effective to me. And another great moment, actually, I'm going to narrow it down. I'm going to narrow it down just to to my favorite two moments. 
that scene at the end, you know what I'm talking about. He serves me. Oh, why is everyone so upset about these guys? If it was me dying on the sidewalk, you rock, walk right over me. I pass you every day. You don't notice me. But these guys, what? Because Thomas Wayne went and cried about them on TV. And then he goes on to say, nobody thinks what it's like to be the other guy. You think men like Thomas Wayne ever think what it's like to be someone like me? To be somebody but themselves? They don't. They don't. They don't. Shit, that really hit me. That slapped that 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 second time. Shit, that slapped. They think that we'll just sit down and take it like good little boys. That we won't werewolf and go wild, bitch. And y'all, that the 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 line of all lines, I guess it is three moments. But when he says, what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that abandons him? And treats him like trash. I'll tell you what you get. You get what you fucking deserve. And then shoots Robert De Niro dead in the motherfucking face. Bitch, if that is not. Honestly, that was the most shocking shit I've seen. That is the most shocking shit I've seen. Besides hereditary. When homegirl gets her head chopped off. This was a moment. And we'll get into talking about all the things and the social commentary that it kind of brings up. Um, but y'all, the gag is this. I live for it. <laughs> I really do. I live for this movie and I live for the script. And these moments are powerful. And I really want to talk to you guys about some of the social commentary. So we'll go ahead and get right into that. Um, we'll be right after, right back after this break. Alrighty, and we're back. Thank you guys so much for being patient with me. Um, there's one thing I forgot to talk about before the break hit. Are the Joker and Batman brothers? Bitch, this has been up for debate. I've been debating with everybody about this. Because everybody keeps on saying, oh, no, it wasn't real. It wasn't real. Bitch, are y'all not seeing the shits on the screen? Y'all, Batman, and, and pertains to this movie, because it's a standalone movie, so this may not be true in the actual universe, but I hope and I wish it was, because this would make shit so interesting. That's why I love the innovativeness of this goddamn script. I don't care what nobody says about this goddamn script. It is fucking good. It is so good. Ah, the little shit that they put in there. Y'all, so let's talk about the details. If we're talking about if, you know, if the if Penny was actually making up the fact that um, Thomas Wayne was Arthur's father. Honestly, I don't think she was. I really don't. I really, really, really don't. Because when we get into the crux of the story, when when you think about when um, Arthur went to go see, and this is there's a couple examples. First and foremost, Exhibit A. When he went to go see Thomas Wayne at the goddamn uh, theater, um, when he was talking to him. When I tell y'all Arthur was so plain, it's so cool. He wasn't getting mad. He wasn't getting none of that. My guy, Arth, my guy, um, Thomas Wayne, all out punches him in the face. You're telling me, you're telling me um that this man is coming to you with some bullshit and you, your reaction is to punch him in the face? Girl, I would have been paid him. Girl, you are not my son. Girl, I'm not, I'm not worried about you. You better get your crazy ass on out of my face. But no, you punch him. That is this exhibit A number one because a hurt dog will holler. You know what I'm saying? And he knew it was true. He knew it was true. He knew it was true. Oh, Donald Trump looking ass. He knew it was real. Here you are, not playing, not paying child support. This bitch Penny's asking for child support. And where the fuck were you? Where the fuck were you when we needed you? 
Where were you, Thomas? I was waiting for my goddamn child support check. I needed to get my nails done. That's what Penny said. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm not one to gossip, but that's just what Penny told me. Okay, that's what she told me. Um, also exhibit, when he goes and he talks to my good, oh, y'all, when he goes, talks to my good brother in the, um, Arkham Asylum, which, oh, there's a whole history behind that because gag on the fact that Thomas Wayne's wife in the comic books, her maiden name is Arkham. Sis. I mean, it's it's all going. It's all going. But he's in the Arkham Asylum. He's trying to get the files. He ends up snatching it from my good brother, Brian Tyree Henry. I live for you! The Atlanta, the Atlanta kids are coming through. The Atlanta kids are coming through. Y'all, y'all need to watch Atlanta. That's what that really is. But um, he he, he was a really small role, but I was really happy to see him because he's been doing a good job at everything I fucking see him in. He was in if Bill Street could talk. Um, yes, God. <laughs> yes, God gave me life there. Gave me life there. Gave me a good little sickening monologue and um, packed his things and left. I got my life. Um, <laughs> but he snatched the papers, y'all. Gag on how the adoption papers, when he finally did find them, emotional ass Arthur, there wasn't shit on there. I didn't see no signatures. I didn't see nothing. Nothing. Y'all can roll the motherfucking tapes. There was nothing on there. And when he went to the flashback, which is my third exhibit, when he went to the flashback, this bitch Penny told y'all, she said, girl, he forged the papers because he wouldn't want to have a child by little old me, poor me. The maid. Ain't that some shit that sounds like somebody rich would do? We've seen it. Wendy Williams be talking about it. Ain't that some shit that you see? That shit just rang true for me. And when she said he forged it, I was like, that already made sense to me because I didn't see shit on that paper anyway. So, y'all, the real gag is Arthur's real father is Thomas motherfucking Wayne. He's not adopted. Okay? It's real. His real father is Thomas motherfucking Wayne. Half-brother, Bruce motherfucking Wayne. Oh, my goodness, y'all. Let me tell you, when I was doing my research for this review, um, you know, the the director, Todd Phillips, said that he kind of took a couple of cues from the the killing joke, a, the killing joke, which is basically like a comic book back in the day, and they actually made a cartoon series, and I was actually looking at one of the cartoons, and y'all gag on this. Gag on this. In the quote, it says, I don't know. It's Batman's line was this, y'all. I don't know what it was that bent your life out of shape, but maybe I've been there too. Oh! That cartoon had to be made in the early thousands. And the comic book, damn near the early 80s. So, y'all, the proof is in the motherfucking pudding. The proof is in the motherfucking pudding. I love a good brother rivalry. Rivalry. Rival. Rival. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. I love that shit. Mm-hmm. It's because I love um the Lion King so much. I love a good scar Mufasa moment. You know what I'm saying? So oh, I just love that little detail about it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Now let's get into the social commentary of this film, y'all. Let's get into the social commentary. Um I know a lot of people have been up in arms about this film from the reviews that I've been reading. And the reviews that I've been reading aren't necessarily about the violence, but the way it's, you know, portrayed in this movie. Um, but ultimately, we got to talk about the state of America real quick. And I know this is not a conversation that everybody wants to hear, but the reason why this is this movie is ruffling feathers the way that it is is because it's a direct reflection on the shit that we do to people in real life. We're not going to sit up here and act like, because y'all, on this podcast, we get real. We get motherfucking real. We're not going to act like we don't create these villains. The, the society and the way that it, we create them. You know, and I think the Joker is really, the Joker as the movie 
really defines that. And I think that's why people are oppressed and bothered because it's out on the table. Because if you treat somebody like trash enough, if you ignore them enough, they're going to do some shit to be seen. And you're not going to like it, my good sis. You're not going to like it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's ruffling feathers. And the girls are over here talking about, oh, this movie is going to incite violence. I get the point. I get it. I get that. I get where you're coming from within recent news and things like that. But you know what really incites violence? Being disrespectful to people when they're kicking kicking people when they're down. That's what creates violence. People act out to be seen. Because that's what everybody on this planet wants to do is they want to be seen. And then you ignore somebody enough, they're going to do some shit for you to see them. As the saying, what is it saying? Not all press is good press and shit like that. I don't think that's necessarily true. Press is press. And in, this, in terms of small scale, anything... Any attention that you give to somebody is attention. And we all want attention. I don't care what the fuck you say. So Arthur really is a product. And I love the way they world built, the, the way they built Gotham and the way they shot it. It shows Gotham as a place that has been ignored. Stepped over, stepped on. And Gotham, in turn, is showing itself to be seen. And that's not very different from Arthur Fleck. That's not very different from any one of these mass shooters. Not giving them an excuse because, bitch, ain't nobody got time for no goddamn mass shooting. Now, make no mistake. I'm going to say this one time. Make no fucking mistake. No violence is fucking good. The point is for there not to be fucking violence. You know what I'm saying? And when when these churches and these concerts and shit gets shot up, does everybody anybody ever sit back and wonder why this shit happens so often? It's because our society is so built on being on top, especially the American community. I can really only speak to it. I'm an American. I can only speak on American uh, on America, rather. It's built on being on top. And if you're not on top, you're at the bottom. And that shit does not feel good. It does not feel good. And it does not feel good to be ignored. And hurt people hurt people. So really what it comes down to in this movie, I feel like the purpose of it is really about it's time to get down to business and really treat people like human motherfucking beings. With 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 empathy. Where the fuck is empathy in 2019? You know what I'm saying? Do you no, but for real, do y'all really get what I'm talking about? There's a reason why people do the things that they do. There's a reason why you do the things that you do. Um, when that bitch down the street um was talking shit about you, there's a reason why you bopped this bitch in her head. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's a reason for everything. And that's what this movie is speaking to. And for y'all to say that, you know, folks are going to come out in droves um, doing all types of heinous and violent acts. They've been doing that shit before the movie. What the what the gag is, what y'all need to stop doing, and I'm talking to my parents out there, what y'all need to do is stop letting these motherfucking movies and TV shows and media raise your motherfucking kids. Yeah. Stop letting these movies and TV shows and video games, all this shit. You see two-year-olds walking around with a goddamn iPad. Stop letting them raise your motherfucking kids. It's time to start talking to each other. It's time to start treating each other with respect and letting that be the motherfucking norm. I am a sole believer in art is a reflection of the current, especially film, is a reflection of the current state of society. 
Joker, oh, really does that justice because it is a direct reflection. And the fact of this movie even being necessary in the time that we're in, in the in the in the climate that we're in, it was necessary for us to see what it's like to be the other guy. Bitch, what did the line say? Give me this motherfucking paper. The line says, hold on, y'all, y'all got me flipping and flopping through the goddamn pages. Nobody thinks what it's like to be the other guy. You think men like Thomas Wayne ever think what it's like to be someone like me? You ever think Donald motherfucking Trump ever thinks about what it's like to be black, poor, owing all these goddamn student loans? Growing up, not knowing who your motherfucking father is, do you think he imagines shit like that? Do you think so? Do you think? Y'all, let's get motherfucking real in here today. What is the T? It's time to start getting some empathy. I'm not playing, y'all. It's for real. It's for real. I really droned, droned on about that for a little longer than I anticipated, but it's so for real. And that's why I really appreciate this movie coming through the way that it did and being shocking and causing conversations. Y'all, let me go in and speak to some of this negative shit real quick. Because I've been reading the reviews. Oh, yeah. I've been reading the reviews. And the girls say, the girls were saying things like, oh, in order for the movie to cause, hold on, I don't want to misquote the girls. Hold on. He said to be worth arguing about, the movie must first of all be interesting. Y'all, that was from the New York Times, Are You Kidding Me? by A.O. Scott, written on the third. A.O. Scott, shut the fuck up. Period. That's just in the trash. Um, Let's talk about, hold on. Y'all, y'all gonna start making me mad with these goddamn reviews. Saying things like, Hold on. I mean, it just really gags me. Because who are y'all talking about? Who are y'all talking about? Not my Joker. Not him. Talking about if you would listen, they said the Joker indeed is worthwhile. Get this entertaining experience in the cinemas. If you ignore the problematic politics, juvenile messaging, and cringe inducing lack of subtlety. That was from first post, Mahir Fun Davis. Written on the second. Excuse me? Trash. It's just like, where are y'all, where do y'all get off saying shit like this? <laughs> Give me a motherfucking break. I don't want to hear shit y'all gotta say. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear shit else. This movie was nothing but subtle and shocking when it needed to be. You think black people being shot down in the streets is subtle, bitch? Do you think folks at the Ariana Grande concert is subtle, bitch? Do you think the massacre at Aurora 16 was subtle? I don't want to hear shit about it. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. Because at this point, you bitches are hating. You're haters. And you're mad. And you're bothered. And you know why? Because finally, a piece of art sees humanity for what it is y'all mad y'all pressed especially i want to backtrack finally a film sees america for its violent nature and its coherent ignorance to what it's like to be someone else. For a second. Imagine if we take a second out of my day. Out of your day. To look at that person that you think is a little different from you. And think. Hmm. I wonder what it's like to be him. 
get some motherfucking empathy about yourselves, okay? All of us, me included. It's about having empathy for each other so we don't create people like what we see in this movie, Mr. Arthur Fleck. Imagine if someone had told him, Arthur, you look nice today. Arthur, you are so funny, which is why I love the Zazzy Beats character. Um, the character's name is Sophie. I love that. I loved it. But when we found out that she wasn't real, she got went to hell. When we found out she wasn't even a real, it was none of that even actually happened. That's all people want is to be seen, companionship, loved. Where's the love at? I'll tell you what, it's not jumping out. I'll tell you that. Damn. The last thing I want to talk about, y'all, is should there be a joke or two? And my answer to that is going to be uh, absolutely not, ma'am. See, this the way that Hollywood works these days, everybody want a motherfucking sequel. But what you don't realize is ain't nobody want to see that shit. Because it's very rarely bad unless it's motherfucking Toy Story. I don't want to see a number two. Not from this movie. It should be a standalone movie. Stop ruining shit. Y'all always ruining shit. Oh my God, I could t- I cannot tell y'all how many times I've seen a sequel and I'm like, fuck, now y'all got me looking at this whole shit like, oh, this is just bad. When the first one was fucking great. Y'all better give me a break. Ugh. So yeah, my answer to that question is going to be an outstanding no. Because Joker as a standalone film was so good. So, so good. Now, I would be lying to you if I didn't want to see grown-up Batman from this movie interact with this Joker. I do want to see some shit like that. But at the same time, no, ma'am. Because that's taking a chance. I'm not taking no more chances. No, ma'am. I don't want to see it. Y'all, bottom line, this movie was so good. It was so good. Now, um, y'all, I'm super excited um, about <laughs> going through these t- movies and doing these types of of um, critiques and, and, and uh, reviews and recaps with you guys because I really get into the gab because, y'all, I love film and I love, I love TV shows and I love cinema. You know what I'm saying? Because it really does speak to society. And I love talking about humans. Well, bitch, because I am one. So literally, you can call me a narcissist because I love me a good human. But y'all, we need to get better. And I feel like through film, if we really take a look and take a lens as to what it's really talking about, because oftentimes you just watch a movie and you kind of pay it. But thank you guys for coming with me to really get in depth and really spark a conversation about the Joker and what it really means. It really means a lot to me that you've listened Um, For those of you who've made it all the way to the end, I'm so happy. I'm so elated. And I can't wait to join you guys um, two weeks from now. I'm going to do this twice a month. Um, So I'm excited to do the next one with you guys. I really am. Um, And recommend this podcast to your friends. Follow me on Instagram at michaelboardii. That's um, follow me on Twitter at Michael Board II. Follow me on Snapchat at Michael Board II. That's M I C H A E L B O A R D I I. You guys, it's been super fun. I love you so much. Um, go to my social media, recommend some things that you want me to talk about, and we'll get to talk about it. We'll get to talking about it. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, See you guys next time. Peace and chicken grease. Bye.